Hello and welcome to Grind Forever, the PNB Network's bi-weekly RPG discussion podcast. I am your host, Dylan Tierney, and joining me is uh, Witcher Superfan, and if you listen to PNB for a while, you know, Marco Villapando. Say hello. Well, hello there. It's been a while. It's It's been quite a while since I've had uh, Marco on a PNB show, so it's great to have him back. And I knew, because listeners, you if you're listening to the episode, you probably already know what we're talking about. Uh, I knew when I was talking about this game, uh, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, for those not in the know, uh, I knew that I had to mark Marco on, because uh, he was always waving that flag, be it on Twitter, or even when we were talking about it on the podcast. Um, you know, you're always kind of the first person to come to mind when talking about Witcher stuff, so I mm. only found it natural to invite you on and talk about it. Well, I'm very flattered. <laughs> yeah, I, it, and it's such a uh, sort of touchstone for the last generation of gaming I'd say, um, or this current one really, uh, and it's honestly pretty in- intimidating to even start just talking about, oh, what are your thoughts on The Witcher 3? Like, did you have a history with The Witcher before The Witcher 3, Marco? Um, yeah, before Witcher 3, yeah, I played uh, Witcher 2, um, most of Witcher 1. It was, uh, that one was kind of a bit more difficult to like, you know, go through. Uh, mm-hmm. At some point, I kind of think I gave up and just watched like a let's play of it just to finish the story. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like before that, I also read like the books um, by Andrei Sapkowski. Now, those are those books in that weird not not purgatory, but like weird state where there's like rights issues or something. Uh, I'm not I'm super not sure super familiar with it. Um, for the most part, I just assume it's. Uh, just, you know, issues of just getting stuff translated. Yeah, it is in, what was it, uh, not Swedish, um... Polish. Polish, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. CD Projekt Red, prolific, uh, Polish game dev, I'd say probably one of the only ones that has, you know, like, kind of blown up into this mainstream success because of... I'd say, like, Witcher 2 was getting a lot of accolades at its time, but Witcher 3 kind of just launched into the stratosphere. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very engaging, a very long, meaty RPG. Like, I don't know. It came out, what, 2016 was Switcher 3? I want to say 2016. Uh, yeah, that seems right. Like, springtime. I, the generation was still kind of young and didn't mm-hmm. really have its breakout hit in terms of, like, this is the defining game of a generation, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you had stuff like Shadow of Mordor that was, like, a great contemporary kind of game. Um, but... And, and honestly, if uh, Nemesis System had caught on like I thought it would, it probably would be generation-defining, but it really didn't. Um, it no, unfortunately, no. Didn't really catch I, on, but... Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I, sh- I shared the same sentiment. I really thought something like that Nemesis System would have caught on for other types of things. I guess it was just too hard to really implement other things without sort of like, you know, reinventing the, reinventing the wheel of sorts, depending on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, actually, uh, fact, uh, fact check, which three came out in 2015, May 19, wow. 2015. So almost three wow. years old. Yeah. It, it seems like it came out yesterday. I don't know. It seems like a game that is very it's, fresh in my mind. It, yeah, it does seem like it still seems pretty fresh. Um, so, and yeah, so it's, if it's 2015, then yeah, we're even, it's still somewhat, uh, like 18 months ish into, uh, the quote unquote next gen of PS4 and Xbox One, um, PC as well, just getting those kind of updates as the consoles get updated. Um, so, yeah, ga- uh, games of that generation didn't really hit that kind of critical stride. And then uh, The Witcher 3 comes along and kind of just, you know, eats its lunch, honestly. Like, even today, when I just talk about, you know, contemporary games of just being really awesome, like, uh, in that vein of this is my favorite game of the last few years Witcher 3 is still always pretty much in that conversation oh definitely um, be it you know narrative structure quest lines that were really 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 good um, <clears throat> and I know I, I if you listen to the podcast I critique the combat a little bit it's not quite my bag but also I never got more than let's say 20 hours into the Witcher 3 so mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I sort of got the tip of the iceberg, you know, especially with, I have all the expansions and stuff, like, the game <clears throat> is one of the, it's it's a huge RPG that's also routinely it's, $20 for everything. Oh, yeah. It's it's very overwhelming, like, the amount of, like, bang for your buck 
That's it's I- insane. It's like the greatest value like next to like an infinite game like Minecraft or something. You know, like it. It's such a meaty RPG that you can just get for you know next to nothing in the grand scheme of games. Um, but uh, so back backing up a little bit to uh, from its release. Uh, were you like was was uh, which is something you kept your eye on? Like was it oh this is coming out it's gonna be awesome like this is gonna be a culmination of all these games or did it kind of catch you off guard how like just out of the gate massive it was or how how well received it was? Um, I was no <clears throat> the best way I can say it. Uh, I was anticipating Witcher three for a good while now. I played Witcher two not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, nope, I'm ready for more of this. From what I hear, you know, it, it's it's way bigger. It's gonna be open world. Whereas right. uh, in Witcher Two, it was uh, it was like pretty linear in comparison. Right. Uh, like uh, they were just sort, sort small. of like large areas that were connected, but you had to yeah. go like one to one, like one to the other. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I pretty much like. Like since like the cover reveal on Game Informer, uh, I was just like, oh, yep, getting ready for that. Uh, <laughs> I even like like part of the reason like I built up my current uh, PC setup is just I so remember that, that. Have, I remember just that. to have something that, that could run Witcher Three at its highest settings. Exactly, you just wanted to have that optimal kind of experience, and I remember you just building your PC to just. Like it's it's the one task, but also you know it completes a million other tasks. But you oh, totally. <laughs> you had it prepped just so you could just optimally play Witcher Three, which is totally, totally. It's, it's, I, pretty, I, it's pretty awesome. I demanded that you know having the like Nvidia or the hair works or whatever, so you could you could <laughs> see the Geralt's uh, locks, you know, like realistically bouncing in the breeze. Gotta have that. That gotta have that precious realism. Him and Lord Croft have to beautifully blow their hair in the winds. My so, immersion. It, it it's necessary. Very very necessary. But um, sort of divvying back into the game itself. Uh, when did it kind of click for you that this game was like? Did the game become more than just a good sequel to The Witcher Two? Like, did it? When did it kind of knock your socks off? Uh, in a kind of just big open sense. Hmm. Like, was I'd there a, a plot point or was there a quest? Mm, I'd say let's see. The, when it truly like opened up to me was like you know like like most. It's right after you do the the like uh, introduction, the introductory area, where at mm-hmm. first I'm like, okay, yeah, this seems it was definitely bigger than the than other areas in uh, in the Witcher game so far. Wow. And but then when it actually opens up. It's when you're like, oh, like, oh shit! shit. <laughs> oh god! Oh, where do I go? Oh, it's a similar, boy. similar. I would say to like, I know Breath of the Wild does it right from the start, but when you just walk up on that cliff and then the whole world's open, it's very like just, I'd say almost overwhelming. But you know, to a lot of people, that's just like a challenge. Like, yes, like, oh yeah, this game totally. is massive. This game is incredible. You know, mentioning that, I you'd think I'd be like more into Breath of the Wild. I still have it on my Switch. I'm only maybe like. Yeah, six to ten hours into it, mm-hmm. but I, I I definitely need to give it more, uh, like you know, give it more of a go. More of an honest uh, kick. But yeah, yeah, it's really it's really good. But yeah, no, I hear uh, good things. I liked it so far. I can uh, see kind of direct um, takeaways that uh, from from Witcher Three to something like Breath of the Wild and its finishing touches in terms of just scope and like I obviously I see a lot of Assassin's Creed in something like it too, and a little bit of Far Cry in terms of just you know plopping down checkpoints and doing like quests and stuff but mm-hmm. uh, I, I can see a little bit of the witcher's sort of let's broad scope uh in breath of the wild i think that's really cool yeah totally um but yeah like a lot of like i was pretty much like just overwhelmed by like just how much deeper even like minor side quests in in witcher 3 mm-hmm. uh like how how much they left a mark on me how, how memorable they were like uh, uh, I don't know if how much you've played of it, but do you recall like the like like almost like a recurring character um, throughout like most of the beginning of like or most of the first act of um, Witcher Three? Uh, this man that while, just but I think it sounds a little familiar. 
It's no, it's just this one. This one guy. He just like show like shows up to you. Uh, comes mm-hmm. up to you in the middle of the road. He's like, uh, you know, hey, uh, Mister, uh, Mister Geralt, uh, <laughs> I'm here to challenge you to a duel for. Oh, that guy. For the you know for the love of the this fair, you know, maiden or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, you could just keep, you could continually like you know either kick his ass or, or Sleep. just like dismiss him. And and you know he'll he'll keep coming you know every once in a while, until mm-hmm. eventually, he challenges you to like an actual to the death duel. Oh wow! And, and it's like okay cool that's the end of it. Um, I think later on I forget I don't know whether you pick this up from his uh, from his corpse, or just somehow you you run into this. Oh no wait, I believe it was on a signpost, mm-hmm. like one of those mission boards. Uh, you find out that the, the 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 fair maiden that he was doing this all this fighting for wasn't really like you know like what you thought like a princess or whatever. It was like it was right. just a little girl that was sick, and he was mm-hmm. just you know off to be a knight for her because he you know he wanted her like you know to make her believe in knights and Aww. stuff like that. And it's like oh wow I'm an asshole I just I yeah killed that guy. that's that's a huge subversion well, of just like typical. Uh, sort of chauvinism in that era, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, fight for a fair maiden. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, I that's a little uh, black mirror-y, I guess, and it's sort of uh, uh, deception of the player. That's really interesting, actually. Oh, yeah, it was stuff like that that kept me, like, you know, going through the game. It's like uh, just getting really immersed into, you know, just the, the going into the the day-to-day of, of, of a witcher's basic, you know, lifestyle in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, going going on uh, jobs, on hunts, uh, stuff like that. It, it just kept me going. Uh, yeah, for like a long-ass time. I mean, that's that's part of the game's appeal, is just that, like, that, that sort of uh, gripping uh, quest design and sort of narrative uh, throughout... Is part of just what makes it last so long, even beyond it's just it's a uh, main storyline about the wild hunt, which mm-hmm. I feel is almost ancillary to the rest of the game. You know, like oh, totally. I, I, I don't see people talking about how awesome the wild hunts are. I see people talking about you know like bloody baron and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Bloody like baron, and just how you can like even like <clears throat> unintentionally bump into things related to just the bloody baron stuff. Right. Um. Like I've ever heard like. Uh, stories of people like, oh, what this whole you know thing with like, uh, deciding whether to help the kids or or like, uh, help the old lady or whatever yeah. in like near the final parts of the bloody baron stuff. Um, mm-hmm. ooh, I I I I'll, I kind of subverted that because I I freed this spirit before doing any of the bloody baron stuff, so that <laughs> option was no longer uh, you know now you can know. You don't have to like make the decision anymore. You could just save the old lady or whatever. Huh. That is that's that's very interesting because a lot of times if those quests aren't completely changed, they're just like taken away. But this one, you just kind of it's like a shortcut almost. It's yeah, it's kind of like a little side thing you could do to just yeah. guarantee. Like I guess would be like the best outcome for mm-hmm. it. Uh, but no, it's just stuff like that where it's like, oh, it isn't completely you know, a you know like I guess a linear. A uh, way mm. to do to do a, a whole story in there, you can kind ah, of inadvertently mm. do stuff like that. Right, right. That's it's just interesting how it sort of all ties together in a way. Even the mm-hmm. side stuff, you know, it's all part of which it's all part of Geralt's sort of just life as the as this Witcher character, as yeah. like this this on, uh, on the path. Right, right. And it's not it's not like Witchers are, are kind of born or sort of like you know that they, they, even yeah. even in this game. It, it's pretty detailed about the rigorous sort of process that it takes to become a witcher. It is like if you are a witcher, you're at the top of like the food chain. You know, you are the highest of the high when it comes to uh, dispatching people, or, like being an assassin or something like that. Like mm-hmm. you toughed it out. So. Oh yeah, it's well even even then it's like witchers aren't necessarily assassins and stuff. That's like one school of witchers uh, who take up jobs that involve killing people mm-hmm. uh, for the most part they're just um, they're monster hunters they're monster they're hunters just, yeah yeah they, they are man-made monsters I guess 
to hunt mo- other monsters because you know regular pe- regular folk you know can't, can't really hold it, up a- you know yeah, like can't do it griffins are disemboweling people and messing them up and you know Geralt hour two is just like no whatever <laughs> yeah no, and even then they're treated pretty shittily by people right. because they're technically not human right um, yeah which, people which are just, is people that's how the bar fight in the early game starts mm-hmm. just like people are just like kind of your typical hick uh we take kindly to your types around here and it's like dude come on i'm, I'm literally helping out your guys's problem exactly like he's trying to help you guys like this town's blight on this town and mm-hmm. maybe i want to just pick up how to you know play cards a little bit which we can mm-hmm. talk a little bit about Gwent, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, right after. Because Gwent, Gwent has its own life as, oh, like, a Jesus, fucking yeah. eSport now that's just, you Is know, it? like... It, well, I mean, it's it's not quite, you know, like, your Hearthstone or Magic levels. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are Gwent-sponsored players. There are people who play Gwent as, like, their kind of streaming thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, like, yeah, not it's, quite Hearthstone, but definitely above um, Night Seal Republic's Pazak. Oh yeah, in terms of in-game games, it's probably one of the best, if not the best, at that. Though, I, even then, I, I I did hear that in uh, Solo, I guess, not really a spoiler, but just like a little fun note that I heard about it, was that uh, when you see uh, Lando, mm-hmm. he's in the middle of playing Pazak. So oh, like, really? Oh, That's nice. cute. Nice, they acknowledged it. I also saw, like, uh, that, I forget who the main uh, woman is in the film, but she's like a... She knows Terascasi, which is oh, just like, ah, oh, that's, God. why would you, like, that's kind of Ooh. pointless f- fun that you'd reference that, but it's just like, man, that's. I appreciate that. Yeah, I guess that, that's a deep cut. That's a deep, deep cut for just yeah, Star no. Wars game nerds. Yeah, Maybe as well yeah. throw Killer in there. Oh, God. Please don't. There's a reason they, they had to just throw it all away at some point. And if, and if you still want to play a Starkiller, just buy, um, oh, what's that? What's that other um, Soul Caliber? Not Soul Caliber. Well, Soul Caliber, yes. But what's that one upcoming game? Um, it's on PS4, the zombie one. Uh, Days Days Gone. Days Gone. Days Gone. It's the same actor and likeness. Oh as, really? As a <laughs> Sons of Anarchy biker in the zombie apocalypse. I had no idea. That's yeah, actually pretty cool. Just give like go watch the trailer and give that guy a shave, and you'll be like, what the. F- Give the guy a shave, take his guns away, and give him a sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also, uh, to t- tie back into Witcher, uh, Geralt mm-hmm. is the featured guest character in Soul Calibur VI. Which... I, I was so hyped about that. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Like uh, that, It was one of the first uh, E3 leaks, I think, or one of the first leaks uh, for Soul Calibur VI in general. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about, like, oh, Geralt, like, he's the frontrunner kind of guy for your uh, Soul Calibur VI stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Like, sure. Yeah, you yeah, could totally, uh, totally work in that universe. Right. It's certainly more than fucking Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. And certainly more, well, Altier, ki- or not Altier, uh, Ezio kind of fit. I think yeah. they, had to, they had to give him more ranged weaponry than I think he had, but, I mean, it was fine. Um, I mean, he's got, like, glaze. He's got a gun. He's got, a gun. He's got I think, a crossbow. Well, darts. He but certainly uses it. the crossbow a lot in the game, I remember. Until Calibur yeah. 5, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Geralt... From the get-go, just like, yeah, I mean, I can see his magic coming into play. I can see him using the different swords. I would love his own crossbow. If he fights Lizard Man, I want him to use the silver sword the whole time. That would be incredible. That is something that I really want. Like, a little detail. It's like, oh, if it's a non-human enemy he's fighting against, he takes out the silver sword. If it's Nightmare, that would be great if he's He's fighting Nightmare with a silver sword. It's like, oh, gotta use the other one. All right. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that would be a great touch. And I was always... Oh, go ahead. And I'm also really hyped that they're integrating his, you know, the sign magic that he knows. Right, into yeah. his combat. That, that, that makes a lot of sense of being true to the character. Like, uh, a lot of games are doing guest characters and stuff, and the ones that do it best are the ones that kind of stay true to the guest character's roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, see your Smash Brothers, and uh, I'd say, like, Tekken 7's really good at that, too, with yeah. a pretty wide swath of games. I think I, I think Soul Calibur's going to do the same thing, because Bandai Namco... Uh, is kind of at the center of all of this. You know, they were very in, in, instrumental in Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS, and they were also, you know, they're behind Tekken 7, and they published Dragon Ball Fighters and all the arc system. Like, they're kind of at the nexus of this stuff, so uh, 
I think they'll do Geralt pretty well in that game. If I had to guess, they're they're very good at those fine touches. Oh, totally. But yeah, I will. I I don't. I haven't played The Witcher that long, and even I would mark out if uh, if Geralt like takes out specifically the silver sword or the steel sword, depending on who he's fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, that would be a great, great touch. But uh, I, I love that his introduction too was like just him, like kind of explaining how he got there. Being like, ah, <laughs> I hate portals. And I mean, the world of The Witcher, you know, it's uh, like the, something like this happening or like these weird portals. Like that's that is not like an unfamiliarity to the world, right? Oh no, especially like you know, because knowing that his a daughter, uh, Siri, mm-hmm. uh, her thing is that she can enter like different dimensions, different worlds, uh, randomly. Huh. Like there's like even um post E three like you know, uh people pointed out oh wait, this trailer for Cyberpunk was already described years ago, because <laughs> like like you could actually see a clip of Siri like point for point describing the trailer of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh, that's that's actually pretty incredible. And I'm like, like, wow. It's one thing to do the Bungie thing of just having the Destiny logo and Halo three ODST, but that's that's some like that's really cool that they integrated it that far into the game. Yeah. Yeah. Goes to show you how like how far in development they've been on this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All the st- signs kind of add up to that being like a 2019 game. <laughs> oh yeah. No, like, I. Like I recall too, like um, before we recorded, we were I was talking about um, at E three checking out Witcher three um, mm-hmm. at a you know uh, CD Projekt Red uh, like little conference room thing uh, at E three, and uh, like the inti- even the entire little room before you go into the theater uh, was like all Witcher themed. You see the steel sword, the silver sword on display uh. on a wall. And wow. right, right, right in the corner, in the little corner of the room, is on, on in a glass case. You see, is like a single pistol, and it's really? oh, it's cyberpunk. <laughs> so they were even like back then. They were like, hey, we're working on it. <laughs> right, I like guess it's, it's it's under wraps, but you know, we're it's being worked on as you as we speak. And totally. that that it's it's really awesome that. CD Projekt Red has this kind of uh, creative liberty because I I can't think of a single other developer in this business uh, that's able to kind of just hone in on uh, single player games quite that way. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you have your Bethesda's and stuff, but even they're just kind of honing in more on online stuff. You know, Fallout 76 is like a uh, sort of online spinoff of a lot of other Fallout games, I'd say. Um, oh. You know, and I think the new Wolfenstein pseudo sequel game is going to be uh, a, a co-op online co-op centric you know I'm, I'm guessing it's hey, it's going to be kind of like a pseudo sequel a little a little I, bit like um old like blood. uncharted like yeah like old blood like uncharted lost legacy a little bit of like yeah, infamous yeah. uh first light or whatever that kind of stuff dishonor death of the uh yeah overspark whatever it's uh, called uh, the outsider <laughs> that's that's it <laughs> Death so death of the uh, underminer. Wait, that's wrong. <laughs> that's that's a that's a dark, incredible uh, interquel. But um... oh god, I, have to watch <laughs> I think I'm going to watch that tomorrow. <laughs> I think I am too. I think I am too. Nice. Um, but uh, back into the world and uh, sort of the touching on Witcher Three. Um, yeah. Obviously, being a huge RPG in this post Mass Effect world, um, and already having a lot of characters draw off for this. Uh, romance, huge part of Witcher, I'd say, and Definitely. probably the mo- some of the most graphic and you know, like, yeah, just fully out there uh, mm-hmm. sex scenes in games. I'd say um, it's definitely matured, like, yes, in, like, like not not in like a oh, it got edgier way, and more of like a, it's gotten more tasteful. About I'd say its, yes, yes, about it's tasteful, uh, tasteful expressing its sexuality. Because uh, right. I because I remember like in the first game. You, there were so many like you know ladies uh, that you could uh, have relations with, uh, <laughs> and you'd get like cards, you know, you like oh hey go go bang all the ladies to get their <laughs> sex cards, so you just get a little like collectible card with them in a nice you know cheesecake pinup, right? Um, and you know here it's there's 
there's you know way less, but you know it's. I'd it's, love for him in Witcher Three to let's open a drawer and see all that all those like postcards or or little pictures or whatever. He's like, ah, shit. Oh, <laughs> that man. was a lifetime ago. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, back in my sixties. Oh. <laughs> back in my my wild stallion sixties days. Yeah, because Geralt, I believe he's like oh, he's a little over a hundred years old. Uh, right. Witcher 3. Part of that Witcher biology. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the main sort of interest, especially by the time we get into Witcher 3, are Yennefer and Tess. Triss. Or Triss, excuse me. Triss Marigold. Triss Marigold, yes. Um, so, gotta ask, uh, who's your girl? Uh, Triss. It's, it's Triss. Now, would, is that more informed by kind of the past you've had with her throughout something like Witcher 2? Or... Um, it's just not really like yeah, that much. <laughs> um, it's it's a little bit of like the inside universe type thing, or at least like my interpretation of this version of The Witcher, because it's I guess it's it's pretty different from the source material, the books. Uh-huh. Um, where it's, it's pretty much like for the most part, Geralt sticks with with Yennefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they both pretty much raise Siri, you know, like 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 a couple. Right. Um, in here, um, I don't know, like the way my brain interpreted it, it's like, okay, uh, post whatever happened to like, you know, Geralt and Yennefer when he lost his memory, it mm-hmm. was like, uh, 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 it was Triss that was pretty much helping him recover the whole time and throughout that entire time, they were growing closer. And Now, to yeah. sort of play a devil's advocate, as I was doing research for the show, obviously mm-hmm. I stumbled upon those kind of relationships Mm-hmm. Do you think that she was being a little dishonest at times and kind of just for, sort of forcing pieces back together? Or, like, did she, just, did she kind of stay true to herself and try and help Geralt as best she could? Um, I think there's a little bit of both, but and I think mm-hmm. ultimately she did, like, you know, fall for for Geralt. Right. And they, they found, they did find out, like, you know, there's always this, between Geralt and Yen, there's always been this, like, doubt between mm-hmm. the two because they're, they, they're they're unsure whether the love that they have is real because it was made upon a wish from a genie oh jeez cuz that, that's that's where like when they first met it ended up with like uh, a a genie like a djinn uh being like released from its container yeah and uh like they they had to like spend three wishes or whatever to to keep it from like killing everything right and like the last wish haha that's the title of the first witcher book huh. um i guess was uh for Yennefer and Geralt to fall in love huh so uh again they th- that's why there's this you know kind of like doubts between the two whether yeah. what they what they have is real uh, and that's even like a big plot point of like during the the campaign, is yeah. that her, uh, her, her and Geralt finding this a genie or something so they could undo that wish, to find out is that love real? Mm, man, that's and, actually that's mm-hmm. inc- that gotta say not to cut you off that is incredibly mature for a sort of uh, like romance that you would think in a typical video game even even in your Mass Effecty kind of ways you know. Mm-hmm. It's even like spoken about um, in universe, in the game itself, and near the beginning when you first enter. Uh, oh God, it's been a while, but like the the first the, the big city when you're looking for like dandelion. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. remember his uh, lady friend when you first see her, and she's singing a song about Geralt and Yennefer. Uh, yeah, Geralt and Yennefer. Yeah. And yeah. If you like listen listen back to it, it's talking about you know the doubts that they have and you know the the kind of love that they have. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so much that it moves the crowd to tears. Huh. Uh, but yeah, no, ultimately, I believe that. Yeah, although what what they had may not have may not have been real, at least in the way I played it. Uh, what ended up blossoming between Geralt and Triss was real. It was something. Huh. And that's where I kind of led through it. Now the outside factor for why I chose uh, Triss over Yennefer. Was because at the time, um, th- during the promotion of the game, uh, they were using like they, they were they were they were had a uh, cosplayer uh, ah, uh, promoting see. the game. 
Uh-huh. And this cosplayer was a friend of mine who looked <laughs> a lot like Yennefer. Uh-huh. I don't think they used her likeness for her, but she looked a lot like Yennefer. So right. that entire time while I'm playing, I'm just like, oh, God, you look just, just like my friend, of your friend. Ali. This is so <laughs> weird. I'm just going to I'm going to do me over here. You do you. It's I okay. think that's, that's perfectly uh, understandable <laughs> that you would have that sort of bias going in. Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, it was those two main things that like kept me like you know away from Jennifer. <laughs> just my own head cannon, and also <laughs> like, just stay like, away. I don't really want to hit on my friend. <laughs> it's almost like an uncanny valley kind of thing. Not just be- not because of graphic fidelity or anything, mm-hmm. just because that's what she she looks exactly like Jennifer. So of course it's just gonna be weird. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was that was that's that was my mental reason like reasoning. Uh, where where I went? What about you? Um, I mean, I I keep calling her Tess because I've got Warcraft on the on the brain. Ironically, yeah. Tess uh, looks more like Yennefer than than Triss. But I was also going more for Triss uh, in the time I played. Although I didn't have have a chance to see it get fleshed out because um, mm-hmm. I'd kept up with a little bit on Witcher Two when it came out. It was getting very high accolades at the time, and I'm just like, yeah. oh, it's what's this game about? Um, it was actually, I think, one of my first kind of dips into, like, Let's Play culture and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. um, I just had more of a uh, sort of predilection towards uh, tre- Tress, Jesus, Triss, um, and I just kind of have a thing for redheads, so, I mean. Oh, for sure. It's it's kind of destined to be that way, and, and you know, Yen's cute, and it's very cute in her own mm-hmm. ways, but, I mean, you know, she's just kind of like, I, based on the beginning of the game, she's just kind of... and. Being in those visions as you're kind of coming to, um, it's just like, eh, she's kind of just there, you know? She's yeah, naked totally. in the bathtub, just kind of like, it's just Geralt's, I guess, weird fantasy uh, dream state thing, but... Yeah. Because, well, like I, I said, mean, like, obviously that genie wish would probably fuck him up on a subconscious level. Oh, yeah, because it's like, oh, is, is any of this real? Am I really feeling this for you? Or, God, I, really I had no idea any me? of that... I had no idea any of that was kind of tied to that sort of relationship. That's... That's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, are they actually obsessed with each other in, like, or not, like you know, are they in love in a natural way, or is this just the wish that's a f- affecting a fa- them? A fabrication, if you will. Yeah, that, is this that a relationship based real, on a lie? But is it real? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, man, that's really, really cool. Um, was there any... So, like, obviously I've heard a lot about things like Bloody Baron at the time, and um, just right now with the sort of uh, Yen uh, Geralt relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there a certain quest or moment in the game that like stuck out to you the most that you just kind of think back back to and go, "Wow, like they uh, they, they fucking went there." Mm. And if you say Bloody Baron, that's fine. Like that's that that's obviously the one people point to the most. But I mean, if you want to talk about like why why it hit you in that instance, go for it. Well, hmm. I'm trying to think of like what's something that like really really got me. Uh, yeah, like, Bloody Baron was, was pretty great. Um, just seeing, like, how, what kind of decisions you can make could ultimately Mm -hmm. lead, lead to, like, a very, very dark path. Right. Or, you know, a a, a somewhat bittersweet, a bit, but, but, but hopeful path. Uh, and, like, after, after, like, finishing it, I ended up with a pretty okay ending, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I just went back and like, okay, hey, what, what, what other decisions could could you have? What other endings could this have had? And it got pretty grim. Uh, just right. like the the, yeah. the the places that it goes to. Uh, on top of that, like maybe like you know, the the DLCs um, were pretty uh, great. Uh, just like exploring the oh god, I can't remember the name of the like. The continent uh, or whatever you go to. Uh, yeah, the continent or like the the uh, villain from Blood and I guess Wine. Vil- from from Blood and Wine or in uh, Heart of Stone, but just exploring like what led this man to you know to becoming immortal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what effects did it have on him on the people around him? Uh, was it worth doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that, or and also going back into like the other Blood and Wine DLC, just like the cultural difference, even in just like how how they um, talk or you know treat Geralt over right. there. Yeah, 
where it's like, oh, they super respect him. They're like, no, dude, you're like, you know, you're 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 a respected Witcher. You have a perfectly noble, uh, you know, job. The only gripe I have you is that you're a northerner or something. And, right. You know, those those guys are filthy, and rude. <laughs> Which they're not super wrong, really. No, not at all. Based on the like, interactions I've had. And I, I loved that DLC because it just felt like that whole area felt like, you know, more like romantic and traditional. Well, know, yeah, I, I remember at the time when they were promoting it, it was very colorful. Like it, it was really interesting seeing Blood and Wine come out. That came out the same time, uh, or not not the same time, but those conversations were being had about like Breath of the Wild being revealed and sort of uh, getting into that pre-release cycle. You know, it was right before E3 when it was like the showpiece game of Nintendo. And, mm-hmm. like, there are, again, more comparisons being made just because of how just pretty and colorful and, like, just a lot of vibrant, bright reds and yellows along with the blue skies in uh, Blood and Wine. Like, it, it, it felt like like a true expansion in every sense of the word, mm-hmm. you know. It, it did feel like a true <clears throat> step out of, you know, what you typically thought of, like, this is... You know, next gen. It's 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 gritty. It's dark. It's dirty. It's gray. It's brown, mm-hmm. and it's more into like no, dude. Games can be colorful, like even even like big, like triple A, type of games. You know, with with ultimately mature themes and all that. Yeah. They 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 don't have to be grim dark. They don't have to be, so you know, uh, desaturated. They can be. Colorful. I, I have this have this colorful sort of just like beautiful scenery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, be the backdrop of everything you're doing in this, and 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 what is you know your typical sort of crazy Witcher story of like hunting down a monster, you know people are dying at this, and you've been contracted, and you know if we didn't talk about that, you know the contract is like the thing that binds the Witcher to whatever task at hand, um, mm-hmm. which kind of d- delves into those sort of quest systems. Um, yeah, Witcher, Witcher's their job. Yeah. by by the book, uh, Witchers. They ain't gonna do shit unless they're getting paid, and it's like signed in a contract or like mm-hmm. a sort of wanted poster kind of scenario. Yeah, they'll take up the job if they think it's something worth investigating, and if they got them, if they can provide the money, right? Then they'll do it. But and even ultimately, it's not even like a guarantee. Like, oh, I'm gonna kill this for you or something like that. It's them as saying they're gonna investigate it. Right. Ulti- and if it's a problem, they'll deal with it as yeah. they see fit. Exactly. So that's why it's like whenever you're going into like a hunt or some kind of side quest that involves a contract or some kind of hunt like that, mm-hmm. it's all it's, you gotta always keep an open mind in there because it's like oh there's, there's typically some kind of twist. Who's really in the wrong here? Who's the real monster? As yeah, it were. yeah, the, the real monster was us the whole time. Hence the kind two of... swords, you know, one for right. beasts and one for you know the rest. Man. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, the rest, I guess. Yeah, that's what oh, man, to yeah. put it. Either works. Yeah. Right. Um, now, was there a? I don't know. For, for some reason, the gameplay has always been the sticking point for me when I try and go back. And I, honestly, after just talking with you, I'll probably try and go back and play it again. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, did you feel that the combat was kind of lacking at first until some systems opened up, or like? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say so. At the beginning, it's pretty like bare bones. You got you know attacks and. You know, blocks and dodges and all that. And like two spells. Yeah, and two spells, but it really opens up like once you get into the upgrade systems and once you start to like really evolve your spells. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I ended up I like like the um which one was it? The Quen sign, the shield. Yeah. Became my bread and butter. I could have mm. I got I got to a point where um I, I can almost never die because I was able to I was I upgraded my my Quen uh, to a specific way so that it's like it is like a a bubble around me that I can just keep holding like like a yeah. smash bubble yeah um, yeah that if you're hitting it you're healing me <laughs> so that it's like nope I can keep going all day um, please try and hit me yeah it's it's that and like fire and like you know. Upgrading your swords in specific ways, putting specific like uh, uh, like attachments and stuff to it, so that it has certain effects. Getting really, really deep into into just you know customizing your your whole getup and equipment. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's when I opened up a bit more, 
And but I do agree that the combat mechanics themselves are pretty rough. Yeah. And you know, uh, the with Cyberpunk, um, it's that's just a first-person shooter. So hopefully, you know, that's not going to be so much of a you know a sticking point. I mean, it's a it's. Sticking point. I'm not going to say it's going. It's easy to just make a shooter feel good or whatever. Yeah. But for there's sure. a bit more leeway with something like a shooter slash like exploration game that I think Cyberpunk's going to kind of be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a bit more optimistic on that and about the gameplay. And Definitely. honestly, like, I I think I just get... I <laughs> The first time I played The Witcher 3 was after I poured about 25 hours into Shadow of Mordor. Um, mm, so, okay, yeah. so that when I'm playing a game that's, you know, sort of an open-world action game uh, with a lot of RPG stuff going on and, you know, it doesn't quite flow that kind of way... I think that just naturally made me a bit averse to it. Um, now that it's been, you know, a while, and I've kind of been... It's it been a while since I've played, like, a big open-world game in that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Zelda really not not in the same conversation because it's just, it's a different kind of combat. Um, yeah. But with Witcher, you know, being very skill-tree-intensive and, and carving out your own character, I think I could probably go back to it now and not have nearly as much of a problem with it definitely like you know a lot of like games nowadays even have mechanics similar to to witcher um what what you know started doing you know back then um i think Mm -hmm. my big my biggest comparison right now probably would be um assassin's creed origins yeah i did see a bit of that in there an improvement upon that kind of uh combat mechanics Mm -hmm. well you know that and a little bit of integration of their own combat mechanics plus that of uh of for honor uh, ah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. but no yeah it's it's incom- yeah like getting into Witcher after playing Shadow of Mortar you definitely feel constrained. Yeah, um, I think that's a good word for it. Constrained, I, because like you said, when you're starting out, it's a little rough because you don't have your your toolkit really, and that's that's you know natural for any big game to sort of start you off with very little. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if I just soldier through it and get to that big expanse you were talking about earlier and, like, have the game really open up, um, mm-hmm. I, I think I'd be a lot more comfortable just delving into it. So. Oh, definitely. It's definitely a, ga- a game you can get lost in and just oh, enjoy sure. it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can I think if uh, I were to check my my Steam account right now, <laughs> I'd have, I, I would probably have over 200 hours in Witcher. And I haven't played mm-hmm. in a while, but... When I played, I played a ton. You, you, when you played, when you did play, you were you were in for the long haul. Oh yeah, so. and and most of that time was just me, just like even just walking around, just like you know, taking in the mm-hmm. sights, seeing you know what, what what would come up if I'm just you know walking along the path, exploring the path as a witcher would. Right. Yeah. That would be that, and sort of just. Leaning into the role-playing nature of a role-playing game, yeah, like mm-hmm. that. And you, you touched on that a little bit when you were talking about, you know, your interpretation of what this story is with you and Yennefer versus you and Triss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really cool how I, I, I don't think. Am I wrong in thinking that Witcher Three doesn't quite give you that level of decision-making, like of a Mass Effect to be? I'm a renegade or I'm a paragon kind of thing. Like, it. It's you, um. There's definitely you know. It, it's a lot more ambiguous in its decision-making. Right, gray area. It's, yeah, it's a lot... The world of The Witcher is a lot, you know, grayer. Um, so it's a lot of, like, Sometimes who literally. am I loyal to? Who do I want to support? Mm-hmm. Where are they going to scream? Is this beneficial to me? Yeah, um, yeah. Is it so, ultimately for a better outcome? Mm-hmm. Not really a good outcome, but a better. A, lot a of more, more engaging yeah. outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's I I really think it's interesting when a role playing game where you're kind of just carving your own path, uh, without the game even forcing your hand, makes you want to play the game as you think that character want it to be played, or like mm-hmm. how you think this 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 character would would go about things, not how you would go about things. I think that's really that that shows the signs of a really compelling character, and I think that's exactly what they they really reach with Geralt. You know, like he. Mm-hmm. He, like I was saying before, you know, this generation was struggling to kind of find a showpiece game, like this amazing achievement in, in, in video games. And, like, I, even thinking now, just in this generation, you know, Geralt's kind of there, you know. Like, he's he's symbolic of a lot of 
of the strides games made this generation, and I think that like he's he's gonna live on, you know, oh, or not 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 in a sort of like his story or like he's gonna come back, but like he's you know he's in Soul Caliber for God's sakes. He if if he didn't make that much of a splash, obviously he wouldn't be in Soul Caliber. Totally. So. No, he was he's definitely one of like the first defining characters of the generation. <clears throat> right, right, um, and like. Because who, uh, I'm, I don't even know the guy's name in Shadow of Mordor. Like, I know he's, like, tied to Celebrimbor or whatever, but, mm-hmm. like, he's just, like, he's just, like, a uh, general army dude, so, yeah. like. and yeah. even, even then with, you know, what, with their sequel, where, with Shadow of War, it's like, okay, there's more, but ultimately yeah. I, di- I didn't really get far into it because ultimately I was like, I'm not really compelled by this. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it, it you start thinking about weird things like, well, Here's another just compelling character from this generation. Uh, the car from Rocket League, I guess. You know, like, uh, I mean, you could probably just uh, say three or four characters from Overwatch too, but um, like, in, in a generation that had not nearly as much to do with stuff like stuff like mascots, uh, I'd say Geralt's just you know head and shoulders above the rest. Mm-hmm, you could say, and probably like you know, uh, new God of War Kratos would probably be in that realm. Um, that that sort of vibe I'm kind of going with with in terms of just iconic characters. I For sure. Maybe uh, this is just a weird timeline thing because of Nintendo's weirdness. But I guess the Splatoon squids. But even then, that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, like it, it's a bit of a. It, if we were in Japan, that'd be apt. But you know, Splatoon is a little more niche in the states. But uh, oh, it definitely yeah, is. I'd say Geralt, and then like you know, Tracer probably like the figureheads of like you know characterization and uh like new character or not quite new but you get what i mean like just stand out characters that define a generation kind of thing for sure definitely uh was there any point in witcher 3 that kind of just uh rubbed you the wrong way or you kind of had to take a break or not not that like a negative thing caused you to take a break was was there any moments that like this is so expansive and so vast that I have to step away just so I don't go mad with all these kind of decisions I can make. Uh, I think maybe like, uh, oh yes, I can't remember exactly when, um, actually. <laughs> it was um, at the point in Blood and Wine where they're like, oh hey, uh, can you come over here? You own this uh, vineyard now. Uh, oh no. Here's all these, uh, you know, management mechanics uh you can go upgrade these parts of it you can sell stuff there if you want uh you can mm-hmm. you know uh get your equipment that you've collected throughout the game and you know put them on display here basically it's an entire you know home base with characters and you know with, with, oh, boy. with a few characters in here mm-hmm. and uh yeah and like on top of that it's like oh i have like you know half a dozen side quests and plus the the main narrative of blood and wine and i'm just like Fuck! I need a break. <laughs> I, need to, I need to process Fuck. this, and I don't. And I don't think I logged back in because I, I, <laughs> I lost track of time and got I got too busy. This drunk across the street won't stop bothering me about the new Gwent expansion. <laughs> <laughs> Which those expansions did add new Gwent cards, right? I believe like so. That? Yes, there was there was a whole Gwent like so, like side story mm-hmm. series. Uh, I didn't get into it. Um, I know a friend of mine got like super into it in the game, where he was out right. just collecting Gwent cards, <laughs> participating in the tournaments that were in the game. God, it, that would be great. It, imagine World of Warcraft. You're trying to build a Hearthstone deck. Oh, that would Damn. be that'd be incredible. But yeah, and as I was alluding to earlier, like Gwent kind of spun off to be its own crazy thing. Um, Talk about like meta obsessions. Like, it's in the same conversation as a thing like Hearthstone in terms of just, like, balance and finding, you know, like, the ideal or optimized kind of way to do things. Free to play versus pay to win. Mm-hmm. Conversa- like, it's all kind of there, man. Uh, I think Gwen's just a bit more generous than your Hearthstones just because it's, a, you know, it's like you have Hearthstone, then you have, like, Shadowverse and a little bit of stuff like that. I'd say, I'd say Gwen's probably in that realm, so they're a bit more generous with their offerings than Hearthstone were. Person yeah. just like fuck you, pay me. <laughs> but fuck yeah. you, pay me, or get like one pack a day at 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 absolute maximum for free. Ugh. 
This is why I don't deal with I don't deal with stuff like Hearthstone. This is why I only this is why I only play one. I can only afford one. <laughs> oh, man, that makes me want to like pick up Magic: The Gathering and stuff again. I mean, they have Magic Arena, which is like their new uh, online thing, and I I want to say I don't know for sure that they're starting to print codes on the back of packs so that you can just import them. Oh, that's um, nice. That's kind of like Pokemon, Pokemon Training Card Game has been doing that for years, so it's it's nice that Magic's think, sort of doing the same thing. I think, like, Yu-Gi-Oh cards did that, too. Yeah, I think so, too, yeah, for certain... Each card had their own, like, little ID. Even, like, the GBA era or something. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember looking up at GameFAQs and stuff like that, and to, you had to, to get cards in Yu-Gi-Oh, type them in one at a time. Like, you want Blue-Eyes White Dragon? Type in this 12-digit code. You want Dark Magician Girl? This separate, like... It was tedious, but I mean, you got every card you wanted. So exactly. So, but that—that that was exactly what it was. It was the, the physical cards having those codes printed on them, and it's—it's it's interesting to see how you know Gwent is sort of entered that conversation. Uh, this time about a year ago, you know, Hearthstone wasn't in the best of its uh, places in terms. Well, I mean, it kind of was, kind of wasn't. It, depending on who you talk to, it's the best time to play Hearthstone. It's the worst time to play Hearthstone, but. Uh, People were moving on to Gwent because they were tired of Hearthstone's RNG bullshit sort of reaching a, uh, a boiling point, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gwent's a very deliberate, skill-based game, if nothing else. And I think that was starting to attract more people at the time. Um, and from what I gather, it still has kind of stuck around. You know, Gwent's still kicking, obviously. They announced, uh, like, you know, PS4 version of the game. I think it's... Uh, maybe it's coming to Switch? I, I'm not quite sure on that front. I but... wouldn't be surprised. It, 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 for one, would not surprise me. It seems like a really good fit for like a tablet sort of device, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been on you know PS4 and things like that as the, as you know the base Gwent game. Um, so it's been it's been really interesting to watch as this sort of spinoff, you know, kind of like Hearthstone was a Warcraft spinoff kind of thing, and it's sort of becoming its own thing. I think Gwent's still going to very much be rooted in Witcher isms and Witcher things. Um, but it's, you know, like this game that nobody expected really to blow up. Like, I bet when they were making it, they were probably expecting it to get that kind of Kazakh reaction of like, oh, it's a neat game. I'll play it for a little while. Maybe get really into it for a bit. But now it's spun off into like the world of esports, uh, vaguely anyway. Surprisingly. Yeah. Just out of, kind of out of nowhere. And I, I, at the time Witcher came out, everybody was talking about Gwent, you know, people were talking, I, I gotta get all these Gwent cards. Gotta like, try and get this like solid deck for Gwent. Oh, yeah, people were even, like, playing physical Gwent and all that. Yeah, printing out card, like, physical cards for Gwent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. I think there were some editions of the game that came with, like, a pack of Gwent cards. You know, that wouldn't, that honestly wouldn't surprise me. I'm sure they knew they had something special when they, like, made a card game functionally work well inside of their already, you know, sprawling open world game. But I'm still waiting for my Pazak. <laughs> Where's yeah? Br- come on, Disney! You, you unshot. You, you know everybody. Like you, you're playing Kazak in fucking Solo. Why don't you just bring like make it real? Now was that Kazak in like Force Awakens? That weird holographic chess game that Chewie was playing, or is that uh, no something different? It's, uh, no, it's like it's the their weird dumb chess. <laughs> that, that's just that's just space chess or whatever. <laughs> okay, right, right. Um, but sort of um, not like wrapping up or final thoughts or anything. But um, do you think they'll ever go back to Witcher? Uh, I think they might. Uh, if I don't know if they'll continue with you know Geralt, it might go into like maybe you know series being taking taking the center stage. I think Siri could definitely take yeah, the center stage. She could she could totally do it. Um, but for now, I, I I wouldn't be I would be okay if they if they stopped, uh, too. So you know, right now they're focusing on cyberpunk and right and possibly other things. Uh, so and I'm 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 perfectly okay with that being you know the final Witcher. It was there's it was certainly good nothing end. wrong with going out in a bang and and knowing when to really wrap things up. But it's also nice to like if they ever wanted to explore that realm again. I a hundred percent think Siri could carry her own game. Like completely, oh, definitely. You know, like she and, and she, she's not this like it's it's not like a Mass Effect situation where you have these new characters they have no kind of connections to. Like you know, she's kind of built like she's different enough from Geralt to like have a different kind of RPG. I'd say, no, definitely. 
So I I and I want I and a lot ahead. of interesting ideas that you know you could explore with her. You know her being a dimension hopping uh, or universe hopping really um, character. Yeah, it could go into like some weird Bioshock Infinite realm. I'm sure. Oh, totally. But um, for now, you know, we have Witcher Three and God. Just talking to you about all the all the stuff with like romance. Like it's not when you think of like oh romance at games. Like you gotta find the girl to have sex with. Uh, mm. And that's what Witcher One really was, from what you told me. And yeah, like how it's evolved into what it is now. That's really compelling to me as a guy who kind of likes that sort of. Uh, narrative structure in games and like you know good romance options and, and plot like, points and stuff and don't get me wrong there's still like a lot of you Some know cheesecake cheesecake and you know just hey hey pretty stranger wanna fuck type of situations <laughs> that happen in Witcher 3 but yeah and they're out there but ultimately, I didn't really didn't care about that. I was like, nah, I'll just stick to this. Stick like, to I'm this like, main I, I, I'm, thing. I'm, I'm a sappy romantic, so. Yeah, kind of me too when it comes to, like, heroic game quest stuff. Mm-hmm, definitely. So. Um, but, yeah, I think that will do it for this here episode of Grand Forever. Marco, thank you so much for uh, being on to talk about Witcher 3. No problem. Uh, if you want to see what Marco's up to these days uh, you can go ahead and hit that uh, Insomniac's Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man with a uh, nice pre-order uh, Marco, <laughs> uh, explain a, just a little bit about what you do on Spider-Man uh, I am a 3D char- uh, character um, artist at Insomniac Games uh, so uh, me and a, bun- you know, a little another handful of us are in charge of you know making all the characters uh, for the game all right, yeah, we uh, and that's sort of the root of uh, Marco kind of taking his leave of absence for PNB. You know, it's just yeah, it, I, we're getting down to the wire when it comes to release dates of this stuff. You know, it's uh, getting to the finish line, if you will, of Spider-Man. So mm-hmm. go ahead and give that, give it a you know pre-order if you're interested. I know even without uh, knowing Marco and sort of knowing his involvement, uh, very interested in that game in particular. So uh, and for all of our stuff here at PNB. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash pnb uh, we've gotten we've had a little bit of ups and downs with our patreon numbers but we're we're on a rise right now and we're going to keep that going um, we've got a new episode of pnb fm our semi-regular uh, game music podcast from the host of pnb um, there's also level select the sister show to grind forever where uh, figureheaded by robert beach he talks about uh, certain levels in games uh, and deconstructs them with a guest and sort of talks about what makes them awesome. Uh, great output by Robert uh, as of late. And uh, obviously there's the main PNB show uh, where me, Travis, Kayla, Robert, sometimes Sarah uh, just chimes in and talks about what's just what's going on, what kind of games they're playing, how's life going in general kind of thing. So uh, be sure to give it a listen. Uh, we had a bit of a sabbatical for Full Metal Optimist, but that sh- should be coming back very, very soon. Because um, the, the, the demand's there, and once we saw that, people were like, eh, Full Metal Optimist is gone. I'm not really caring about PNB as much anymore. We're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was a mis- <laughs> We should have taken a break. We were on a break. Um, uh, so go ahead and give us a few shekels at patreon.com slash PNB. Uh, we would be super, super grateful for anything you can give. Um, Marco, is there any song from Witcher 3 that really sticks out to you, or any theme or music, uh, anything that comes to mind? Man, I'm, I'm like, not, I don't really know any specific songs from Witcher 3, like, just in general, that soundtrack is just pretty, pretty damn amazing. Nowadays, the most I hear it, uh, is, like, even, it's it's being used in, like, Critical Role, um, Oh, wow. It's be, it, huh. they've gotten permission from CD Projekt Red to like you know use that music That's as their like cool. ambient stuff. So it's like it's it's all good, really. You can pick whatever you want from there. I, I, I'm sure I love it. It's right, fantastic. right. Gotcha, gotcha. So thanks, thanks a million again, Marco, for coming back. It was really nice to have you back on uh, PNB. Oh, totally. And uh, for Marco and for myself, uh, have a great week. Later. Bye. <laughs>